Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Why are you exposing me? <laughs> sorry. Okay. okay. You're supposed to be my teammate. Okay. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to another Dear Shandy Love is Blind recap, listeners. Hello, Andy. Oh, you messed up the Dear Shandy part. <laughs> Usually it's Love is Blind. You forgot what, what podcast this is. <laughs> I'm so in my head about saying Love is Blind and not Bachelor that I don't know. Yeah, no. Yeah, it still is not rolling off the tongue, evidently. Right. You but, would think by now. But this is, a, this is a somewhat sad day. It's always sad when we come to the end of a season. Mm-hmm. A but, half season. Yeah, bittersweet. Bittersweet, I would say. Yes. yes. And so today we are recapping season four, the finale, and by popular request, the reunion. Mm. Everyone wanted to make sure that we were recapping the reunion. And I was like, why? What's the big deal? Until uh, we, we saw We know why. <laughs> yeah. Now we know why. Yeah. So shall we get going? Let's do it. All right. Actually, Andy, before we get going, when we saw the poster of it on our Netflix screen, that was the Lachaise right in the middle of the screen. Andy, you said, why are they there? (laughs) (laughs) Really says a lot, doesn't it? Mm. Okay, so it's Kwame and Chelsea's wedding continued. This is pretty much Kwame saying, I do. And we were negative surprised by this. In fact, we felt a very heavy sense of (laughs) self-satisfaction. Yeah, Andy was patting himself on the back. You really called this very early on. I knew this was going to happen. But anyway, but look, it's it's fine. It's fine. Maybe they'll work out. Yeah. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, and we'll get to that. I want to touch on that later when we get to the reunion, but we'll, we'll keep moving for now. Mm. Uh, Micah and Paul now. Micah calls that day, quote, the beginning of Paul and I's life together. Mm. <laughs> As Paul describes his connection with his friends, we agreed that Paul speaks like a ventriloquist. Totally. Yeah. He's got his teeth clenched. Mouth yeah. barely moves. Yeah, he talks Eyes like don't really do much either. Yeah, he could. If if science doesn't work out for him, he could really explore this in the future. It's sort of the way you'd expect someone who's got some bodies very under the floor, I would say. <laughs> the gist here is Paul might be overanalyzing himself out of getting married. Instead of seeming particularly excited about getting married, he's sort of polling everyone. What would you do? What would you yeah. do? What would you do? <laughs> Which I actually found really relatable. Oh, totally. I do that all the time. I can't make decisions. Yeah. I have no idea to make a decision. Yeah, choices are really not your friend. Yeah. Really. Everyone else makes my decisions. My whole life basically is a series of decisions made by other people who I ask the advice of. <laughs> okay, Except you're my, very my good. t-shirt. That's it. Aww. This is the only decision I've ever made. And, I mean, I know the point you're making, but you're really you're very good at making decisions. Oh, thank you. Not big ones, but small ones. <laughs> like like what? What what granola bar to eat? <laughs> His friend makes the argument that it's just as risky to say no 
as it is to say yes. And Andy, you burst into you burst. Into, I done burst into laughter. <laughs> done burst. You said this is the friend you should never listen to. Ever, 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 never, 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 ever, <laughs> never, never. Yeah, I mean the idea that it's just as risky when there's an actual wedding involved. I mean, it's just it's absurd. It really comes down to how much is that what if going to haunt you? It's ridiculous. He's got bad friends. <laughs> No, good friends with bad advice. Yeah. Micah with her parents, she says she's thankful they're there. Her dad says it's easy. She's their only child. We marveled yet again that she came from these parents. Yeah. It just made, makes no dichotomy. sense. Andy, you likened that situation to a song from the Fantastics. Would you like to? Oh, yeah. Would you like to serenade us all? Which incidentally was one of our first dates. Yeah, I took it was, you to see the Fantastics. It was the first musical we ever saw together. And we actually had a good friend of mine sing a song from the Fantastics at our wedding. We did. Yes, but it wasn't this song. But you sing this song and then explain it to the Shandies. Plant a carrot, get a carrot, not a Brussels sprout. (laughs) When you're planting vegetables, you know how they'll turn out. That's it. Okay. Very good. So do you I wanna... actually think that's the wrong lyrics, but it's the point is made. Yes. When you plant vegetables, you get exactly what you planted. Mm-hmm. When you have a kid, you have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> yes. Okay. Did I have to explain that? <laughs> I feel like I may have. Honestly, to. I kind of needed you to explain it to me last night. So maybe I'm the mm-hmm. only one that needs it. Okay. So now we're at the wedding. We were laughing at how many times Micah managed to say like in her vows. But it was also very on brand. Hmm. At least she's consistent. Andy, you had a particular issue with her starting out her vows talking about the pods. I don't think the pods is a great thing to incorporate into vows. Even if you were in the pods and even if the pods was a very big part of your relationship. Mm -hmm. There's something about saying pods (laughs) in vows doesn't work with me. When it comes to the I do's, Micah says that she thinks it would be best to have Paul go first. Mm, Good call. And we see Shelby say now, I wish I was way drunker. I mean, for entertainment value, I kind of do too. Paul says, I love you, dot, dot, dot. But I don't think we can choose each other right now. I think we're not there. And then in the subtitles, it said, attendees murmuring. (laughs) Andy, you called this a strong move. It was a strong move. For a second, I thought it was going to be one of those things, those tropes from like the bachelor where he's like, I love you, but... And then yeah. it's like a long pause. He's like, but love is not strong enough a word <laughs> for what I It's so true. Yeah, but he just went straight for the jugular. Yeah. He's like, but no, not happening. And it was a strong move. He did the right thing. Look, I don't, I'm not going to judge Paul for how he may have led her on. We're getting the edit. I don't mm-hmm. know what happened. I mean, we can get the story from Micah in the reunion or whatever. We can get the story from Paul. We can get what we saw on TV. But I can tell you that Paul was not in this Mm -hmm. and he was kind of making believe. Yeah. And that's it. And he made the right decision. This is not going to work. Well, this is, okay, this is my slight issue with everyone calling Love is Blind a more real show. Yeah. I mean, more real. It's real at all. I don't want to compare it to The Bachelor or any other show. I just think that, you know, especially when we get to the reunion and some couples are like, you you know, you only see 1%. And it makes you realize that when they have all these weeks of footage, you really can just take all the moments of tension between one couple and all the moments of lovey-doveyness with another and really just make everyone think what you want. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, I guess. Like, you want to keep the audience on their toes. I get that. 
it, it's just, I don't know if I would describe it as real being the first adjective. No, some of the situations they're in are more real. Yes. Like just hanging out in an apartment, sort of setting up a life is yeah. more real than having like a cocktail date or like yeah. some sort of, you know, like hang gliding yeah. or something <laughs> over the desert. Yeah. But I will say that if you took, I can think of several relationships I've had where if you were very bad for a number of months, mm-hmm. very bad, yeah. like really not good. Not, not like scary bad, but just not not good. <laughs> I don't want to get really people bad. ideas. Everyone's got ideas. Yeah. Just just not good. Yeah. Neither of us were happy. Yeah. And if you edited those relationships down to like just the those best scenes. 10 minutes, mm. it would look like we were on cloud nine. Yeah. No, it's true. It's totally possible. And same thing. Like you could take us. We're great. Like yeah. I'm not saying that just to be defensive. Like we actually are doing well. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why. I have what to, are you getting at? Yeah, I'm just saying. But if you took the worst 10 minutes of, of our last month, even our last three weeks, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, those guys aren't going to make yeah, it. Yeah, totally. It's so true. Huh. Yes. Well, so my next thought from there is because, you know, we've never seen this show before in its entirety. Would the audience therefore think Paul is the bad guy for doing this? You know, sort of like everyone villainizes The Bachelor for pulling the rug out from under the woman that he doesn't propose to at the very end. And it's like, oh, he should have told her sooner. Would anyone come at Paul for not doing this sooner? Or was he just doing what he was supposed to do with the show? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's it's he's put in an unfair position. Again, he doesn't know what to do, but he does know he's on a show. And that show has a beginning, middle and end. Mm. And if he just says... I don't know. I'm really not into this. I want to end it. He's off the show. It's over. His storyline is over. I bet you he wanted to do it sooner. Yeah. So he probably was torn between one, like, do I want to be like off TV? Like, do I want to end my time? I don't think Paul cares about being on TV. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think he was pushed by production to say like, look, just give this a shot. Uh Let's see what happens. You know, you can always say no at the altar. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. People have done it many times in the past. You're not going to be a bad guy, but you are going to be a bad guy. We're going to make sure you're a bad guy. Even in the reunion, we're going to make sure you're a bad guy. But he was probably told it's not a big deal. Well, lucky for Paul is the woman that he was not marrying was really one of the bad guys of the season, I think. So I, d- I think that kind of helped him. But we'll get right. to that yeah, later. The enemies of your enemies, I guess. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Something like that. So we'll get to that later in the reunion. But basically, Micah leaves. She says that this whole time she wanted to be shown and told that he loved her and wanted to be with her. And this moment validates her fears, basically. And as she's leaving, he says, what's right for me is right for both of us, which I actually really agree with. Well, also that, that right there. Mm -hmm. It's like, why is a bad guy, a guy who ends something that wouldn't have been good? I totally agree. The bad guy is the guy who lets it dribble on for years. Thank you. So true. And actually, you've observed this in relationships in friends relationships when one party is clearly not fully in it, but they're just sort of like along for the ride yeah, like passively it's horrible. that's to me way worse than someone who just ends it and deals with the discomfort it's cowardly then. and selfish yeah and i know because i've been on both sides of it mm-hmm. i've done it when someone says what's the worst thing you've ever done to a woman in your life well, if someone asked me mm-hmm. i would say stringing them along mm-hmm. when i knew it wasn't right yeah that's the biggest crime breaking up with someone like breaking up to the point where they're like screaming at you in the street no, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. That's the good thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do it faster. Yeah. And that's what Paul did. He mm-hmm. said, you know what? I'm going to end this because this isn't right. Yes, he ended it at the altar, but it's not really the altar. It's the altar in quotes. I also very think, big quotes. I think he's contractually obliged. 
as well. I honestly think he was almost forced to do it. Yeah. Okay, so now as this starts to wrap, we see a confessional of Paul's where he admits he couldn't picture Micah being a mother. I wrote, ouch. But I just want to put a pin in this because obviously this comes back in the reunion. But overall, in general, we were amazed by Paul's poker face. Even as he says this, he doesn't seem overly upset to say it or uncomfortable saying it. Or I got to tell you, if I had to commit a crime of any type, <laughs> Paul's my wingman. Yeah. You said he's like a serial killer, a good serial killer, one who covers his tracks. <laughs> Yeah, not one of those sloppy ones who like gets arrested within three hours. Yeah, like for it's Googling, like twenty year cold case for Googling like yeah. what to do with dismembered body. Oh, totally. <laughs> you know how they get Paul? There's like some coffee mug from a Denny's like twenty years earlier that they threw away, and somehow someone kept it as a souvenir, and they did a DNA test on on the rim, and they oh, found his saliva. Wow. Yeah. Denny's. Always Denny's. That's where the serial killers like to go. <laughs> Okay, so now Tiffany and Brett's wedding. Tiffany says in her confessional leading up to it, it's not that I needed anyone. It's that I wanted someone to share these beautiful experiences with. I wanted someone that I knew I could trust their decisions and that I could lean on even when I feel completely broken. Mm, This hit me. Tiffany's really just a master with describing not like she gets so specific like it's both broad and specific at the same time she's not talking about a specific circumstance but a specific feeling the feeling of reliability i'm gonna say something here Uh tiffany is mvp of this season yes and she may be mvp of all the reality tv i've ever watched i completely agree like there was literally nothing she did at any point that annoyed me that rubbed me wrong that i disagreed with it's never. It's impossible. It's impossible. She did an impossible thing. Yes. It's 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 like Cal Ripken's like three thousand game streak. You know, he played literally the baseball player. I know. I'm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm <assume>. like. <laughs> You're like. Yeah, I know who Cal Ripken. I, know, I did not. Not. I did not pretend no, to know who you're talking about. I know. I know about. many, even like modern sports. This is an old guy, but he's he's. I think he's like seventy now. But okay. Cal Ripken Jr. literally played in three thousand plus baseball games in a row without missing a game. Wow. I know. To you, that doesn't sound that amazing. No, like there's amazing. better, bigger records. There's no record in baseball that is more impressive, and that record will guaranteed never be beaten until the human race is extinct. Wow. Yeah. Are you sure about that? A hundred percent. Come, come at me. Come on. <laughs> I feel like someone's going to come from the woodworks and be like, actually, no, no one will ever They're very good at in that. In any sport. But yeah, Tiffany, she manages to verbalize feelings that I have felt. And I, look, I'm the kind of person that thinks about this stuff and verbalizes them a lot. Like we have a relationship podcast. I've talked at length about what I was looking for and yeah. like how I feel about you. And so to have someone else verbalize something that and you're like, yes, yeah. yes. Like I've thought about wanting someone I could rely on. Yeah. But the idea that you trust someone else's decision making as much as your own to the point where when you are off, you can just be like. Take care of me. It's a trust fall. Tiffany has taught me things about life. (laughs) Yes. Tiffany's father surfaces now. He meets Brett, and we learn during this conversation that divorce isn't on either side of their families. I don't know why I didn't. I think maybe we knew this, or maybe I didn't make note of it. We learn a bit more about Brett's rough upbringing from his mother having a mental condition and them losing everything when he was age 12. They had to move in with his grandparents. But the takeaway here is his parents never left each other. Mm -hmm. They were a team throughout it all. He says, I really feel confident in Tiffany and I's future together. Oh, Brett. Almost perfect. Oh, yeah. Andy, you said the first chink in the armor. (laughs) (laughs) He's still my boy. 
It's good. <laughs> Fred asks for her dad's blessing, and he says, you got it. Nice. I mean, they're they're just the best. The What's best. wrong here? Nothing. Oh, yeah. The bit of drama, <laughs> I think it's hilarious that this is the bit of drama, comes in the form of Brett's pants for his tux. Yeah. They are not tailored well. And I, look, I think that the show kind of wanted to make him seem like he was being difficult. But when I saw that, I was like, I would be very upset about that. I would be, I, I would be in tears. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't. I would though. But yeah, he seemed to be venting to a producer out of frame. And I don't know. I thought it was A, funny that this yeah. was the one bit of drama. And B, I was completely on his side. Yeah. I would be so pissed off. Yeah. Like he doesn't get, and Brett doesn't get pissed off. When We no. never saw Brett pissed off the whole season. It's true. In many situations where he could have been pissed yeah. off. You know what this falls into the category of is incompetence. Incompetence. Someone dropped the ball at some point. Yeah. How could you not pay attention to the details that were so important to me? But I mean, also would be important to anyone who's getting married. It's not like he's being unreasonable. No, it's his wedding day. Yeah. And it's basic. Like he just wants a pants to fit. And even in the end when they, she, you know, this, what's her name? Lucia. Yeah, she did an amazing job. Amazing. While he sat and waited, she so tended impressive. his pants. I'm sure if he had weeks, he might have been like, oh, could we adjust a few more things? But he was he was picking his battles. He's like, this is great. It's so much better. Thank you yeah. so much. He wasn't being difficult. He was just like, these look terrible on me. I yeah. felt really bad for him. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I was a, like, are you trying to ridicule him for this? But he's also so into fashion. Yes. So it's like a double wound. Yes. Okay, so now it's the official wedding. As Tiffany walks down the aisle, Brett cries. Yeah. And Brett says, I will. Tiffany has a big, adorable reaction to this. Yeah. And we agreed that it's the reaction you have when you actually get engaged. Yes. Because the I will in most weddings is a foregone conclusion, but it goes to show that, as you've said before, the whole idea of a proposal on this show is just sort of for show. A hundred percent. They're all one step behind on this show. Yeah. It's like those towns. You ever go to a town somewhere and it's like they're in the 80s? Like everything's the 80s. <laughs> yeah. But it's not the 80s like in a retro way. It's like they never went past the 80s because yeah. they're behind. Yeah. That's what this is. They're one whole step behind the whole time. <laughs> That's an interesting comparison, but I actually do know exactly what you mean. Like long after HMV had closed, yeah. I remember singing in uh, some town in, in Canada yeah. and going to their local mall and they had an HMV and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> it's like going back in time. <laughs> yes. It's like the Blockbuster, HMV. Yeah, blockbuster. <laughs> you got people with like, where's the beef t-shirts. <laughs> Okay, so of course, Tiffany says, I will. The crowd goes wild. And afterwards, she says, time to go to the bridal suite and get it on real quick. I thought that was cute. She says, come on, baby. And Andy, you said, of course. Of course, Tiffany's a baby person. Of course she is. <laughs> so Charlene, I have spoken many times, you can attest, mm -hmm. that I dream about one day visiting New Zealand. Yes, you fantasize about New Zealand a lot. The rolling hills. The sheep. The sheep. And most importantly, the manuka honey. And now... I am not in New Zealand, nor do I have any plans to go there in the near future, but I have tasted New Zealand. Yes. And it tastes <laughs> so good. In the form of manukora honey, I honestly feel like it's a magical food. Like, how is it possible that this comes from nature? And it's a super honey. <laughs> super honey. <laughs> Because of its unique antioxidants and prebiotics. So we have to talk about MGO for a second, which, by the way, only comes from the nectar of the Manuka tea tree. And it's an antibacterial compound that contains nutrients to support optimal immune and digestive health. And what I really love is how much they care about their bees. They care about their bees. They understand that the making of honey 
is a time-consuming activity. They don't rush their bees. They don't feed their bees refined sugar. There's no excessive hive transportation or stocking rates. Yeah, you don't want to stress out your bees. You want them to produce the sweetest, most delicious honey possible. Yes. Then have a happy bee. And also bees, you know, bees, we need to look after our bees. We have to look after bees. Without bees, we're all finished. Yes. And they care so much about the bees. Yes. So much that I can hit that QR code on the bottle and actually find information of the specific beekeeper that made that bottle. Yes. And back to that antibacterial compound, the MGO. Okay. So on this one, it's 850. This one over here is 600 and you can taste the difference. It honestly tastes like butterscotch. It tastes like a dessert unto itself. Yes. It tastes like a main course. Mm -hmm. Like you think of honey as like an additive, like you put it in something or maybe you drizzle a little bit on some yeah. fruit. No, this is the main course. No, you eat this. It's true. Since Manukora came in the mail, I've actually begun just like taking a, you've, a teaspoon. You've begun? <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been the last few yeah, days? Yeah, no, we've been fully eating it with yeah, a spoon. Every it's day. delicious. I don't know how to say this without it sounding like an ad. <laughs> But honestly, this is the best honey I've ever had in my life. Yeah, there's actually no contest. And we were looking forward to it. Like, we had high expectations, honestly. We when had this... hive expectations. <laughs> oh, da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm. <laughs> so head to manucora.com slash shandy or enter promo code shandy at checkout and you'll automatically get a free pack of honey sticks with your order, a $15 value. Again, that's manucora, M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash shandy or use code shandy to get a free pack of compostable honey sticks with your order. Trust me, you have not tasted honey like this before. So indulge and try some honey with superpowers from Manucora. Well, Andy, how did you sleep last night? Like a cozy person. Like a, what is it? A, bug a bed in and a bug. I mean, a no, bug in a bed. Uh, a bag in a... a <laughs> Uh, it, what is it? A, a something in a bug Snug in a rug. Snug is a bug. Snug is a bug in a rug. <laughs> in a rug. Right. In a rug. Yes. Except it isn't a rug. It's cozy earth sheets, which are the softest sheets imaginable. They are made from viscose from bamboo, making them super soft. They honestly defy logic. The hardness becomes the softness. Yeah. Bamboo. So hard, so soft. Most importantly, so sustainable. I love that. Way more sustainable than most materials that sheets are made with, which, you know, makes you feel good. And we are entering the warmer months of the year. Mm -hmm. And I am still not sweating, nor do I have fear of future sweating. <laughs> Cozy Earth sheets, they are cooling. It keeps you warm, but at the same time, it doesn't give you that clamminess. So you're yeah. not like damp when yeah, you wake up. Yeah, it's like one of those cups that keeps drinks hot and cold. Yeah, Which I still don't understand. Very nice. And we can never do a Cozy Earth ad without mentioning your amazing lounge pants, which deserve all the accolades. Look still at this. going. Still going. Still black. Yeah. Still unpilled. Unpilled. No tears. No, Nothing. I don't know. No wear, really. They're almost mocking me at this point. And it won't be the first, nor will it be the last time that we mention that Cozy Earth Sheets have been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row. Five. Five years. Oprah. And you know there have been other sheets knocking at her door. Like, come on, let us oh, in. Yeah. And she's like, no. <laughs> You don't make it. So right now, our listeners, the Shandies, can save a whopping 35, 35% on Cozy Earth. But hurry, this offer ends soon. Go to CozyEarth.com slash Shandy and be sure to enter Shandy at checkout to save 35%. CozyEarth.com slash Shandy. Okay, so Bliss and Zach now, while chatting with his friend, Zach says his logical side is wondering if they would still work when they're not high on dopamine and oxytocin. Hmm. 
That's a very pragmatic thing to <laughs> think. I just love this about him. It's yeah. he, him and Paul actually. It makes sense that they're friends. Yeah. There's a very sweet sentimental moment uh, when Zach's grandma and sister come and they each yeah. hug him and he's just sort of there like sort of fighting back tears. Yeah. There's a lot of love in that family. Very touching. Okay, so now for the wedding, Bliss has her mom and dad on each arm. <laughs> And when they're waiting to walk down the aisle, her dad is still suggesting Zach isn't good enough. Everything he says is wrong. Everything. He says, hopefully he can keep up with you. I'm not sure he can. Remember, you're the person that has everything to offer. You always have your family. Never settle no matter what. Andy, you were dying during this. It's unbelievable. Literally, they're about to walk down the What's aisle. What's funny is the expression on Bliss's face. Like at first, like the first thing you said, she's like, oh, yeah. thanks, dad. And the second thing, she's like, uh. And then the third, she's like, uh. Even when they're walking down the aisle, he's like, are you okay? And just smile. Just smile. He's telling her to smile. Why is he telling her to smile? He's a real control freak. And I, I know the takeaway at the reunion is her dad, you know, now loves Zach and they get along great. But I got to tell you, he really, really rubbed me wrong. Yeah. Are you okay? Just smile. It's like you have like a, you're the reason I'm not woman. okay. Yes, you're the reason you're the I'm reason. not. If I'm not smiling, it's because of you. Exactly. And then the officiant said, who presents this bride? And while her mom is saying we do, her father says, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It really says so much. Yeah. It says a lot. It really does. When someone says I instead of we in certain contexts, I'm like, I know 10% more about you now based on that and that alone. You know what I find in life? And I learned this a long time ago. If you try to say I less, like just fewer times mm-hmm. in your life, yeah. you're better off. Like in all ways. <laughs> in all the ways, yeah. all circumstances. Yeah. They both say I do. And more importantly, we were right. <laughs> yes. In our prediction, we did predict that they would both say I do because we had been led to believe that she might not. Yeah. And we feel surprisingly good about this pairing. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah. It really actually works. If you think about it, if they're doing the same thing to them that they did to, say, Chelsea and Kwame, which is to take mostly the negative scenes between them or the, you know, the less positive ones. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have that much to work with. But to be fair, their love is less blind than the others. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's a very good point. It is less blind. Significantly. Yeah. Huh. And therefore it works better. Okay, so we get a little bit more of Micah and Paul here. Paul in a confessional says he could not envision marrying Micah today or in five to ten years either. <laughs> Meanwhile, Micah... <laughs> so you're saying I got a chance. <laughs> Okay, and the finale ends with Zach and Bliss dancing finally to their Leanne Wombat song, <laughs> I Hope You Dance. I hope you dance. I know the song now. Uh-huh. I remember I didn't realize what song it was, but that's a pretty that's a pretty popular well, song. During the song, Andy, song. you said, Oh wait, it's a real song. <laughs> and you said it's so nice to hear an actual song, even though I don't care about the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean it's a classic. I yeah. knew right away. I was just like, wait, music? Mm. Notes that actually kind of are different. Yeah, lyrics that aren't just narrating what just happened in the yeah. scene prior. Yeah, it was immediately a shocking moment. Yeah. It was like somebody's doing their job. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a famous yeah. song. Yeah, Leon Wombat. Yeah, Wombat <laughs> came through. <laughs> Saved us. How much do you think the show paid for that song? Twenty-five I- grand. You think? Yeah, that's my number. They had to shell out for that. How could they not have that song playing after they connected over oh, that? Put it this way. 
I don't know how much it costs, but I can tell you that that song costs more than all the other songs combined. Wow. Yeah. So you still think 25 grand? Yeah, I think those guys are getting paid to scale. No, I think that they paid a lot more than 25 grand for this song. You know how much work it is to write even a crappy song? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. What and do you think those guys paid? She for? has a really famous song. She should, I hope she got paid six figures for that. Six figures? I don't know. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's really <laughs> pushy. I mean, I mean that re- song's been around for a long time. Yeah, but it's really famous. She deserves to, to reap the rewards. I don't know how much money people get paid for those things. Like I sometimes think- I'll hear like, like, a, like a Rolling Stones song mm-hmm. in like some car commercial. And I'll be like, wow, they really, they, they're selling out that hard. They must be getting good money. Yeah. But then I think to myself, like, I mean, ever, these songs are so ubiquitous. It's almost like public domain. Like, do they really get paid that much money? They should. I mean, they the Rolling should. Stones, they get paid... How much do you have to pay for like, I can't get no satisfaction in like a Mercedes commercial? Like a half a million? I mean, I think it should. I think you should get a lot of money. I I just think that, you know, it's so hard to make money as a musician, especially now with streaming and everything. You don't get CD sales. You pretty much have to tour. I hope Leanne Wombat. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That never gets old. I hope that she was able to to buy something really nice with whatever she got paid for this. Because I am worried about Leanne Wombat's financial <laughs> situation. Okay. All right. So that brings us now to the reunion. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Get comfortable. Mm. Okay. So, Andy, you were sure Vanessa Lachey had a towel on her shoulder. Yeah, it was a really fancy. She was like the most fancy busboy I've ever seen. <laughs> Tiffany and Brett, we talk about them first. Tiffany moved to Portland. It was a big change, but they live by the adage, never stop dating. Mm-hmm. I almost said adage. adage. I caught myself. It should be adage. There's a joke about Tiffany wanting to hit the bridal suite. And, and Vanessa's like, we have that clip. And Tiffany's like, uh, that's inappropriate. Yeah. And then it turns out to be, again, the clip of her sleeping in the pods. And you and I groaned, Andy. Well, they overstayed their welcome. Mm. That was a one to two second clip. Totally. But they agree. showed the whole scene. Like the joke was over within a nanosecond. Yes. Like, it's like we have a clip of it. You show one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Yeah, uh, two seconds max. Yeah, max. Instead, they showed the whole scene where he's like Tiffany. Yeah, like Tiffany? why is it still good after the first three or four so seconds? So true. It was so cringy. Like, everyone was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. and then they talk more about the sleeping. After that, they're like, so what was going no on one with the cares. sleeping? What was it like when no, you were woken up? Nobody. No. One. Literally, no one in America yeah. cares. Yeah. She fell asleep. Big deal. I'm Get amazed that it. Tiffany even humored that. Like yeah. you could tell she was like. and now we get the segue from hell this is so frustrating i couldn't stand this they asked brett about his photography they're talking about his photography he started doing photos in 2020 they're talking about the nice portraits that he took of tiffany and how they're in their apartment and then vanessa's like speaking of photography what about chelsea and kwame's underwear photo shoot it was the weirdest transition it made no sense yeah, they could have just talked about that without a segue. Yes. So that brings us, very frustratingly, to the Calvin Klein photo shoot. And we get a little context here. We learn, actually, that Chelsea and Kwame connected over Calvin Klein in the pods, yet the show conveniently omitted that. And this is where we really get the first hint that the show wanted Chelsea to be the butt of a joke mm-hmm. throughout this whole season. Mm-hmm. 
And it's kind of frustrating. You know, Zach and Bliss got the thing about the Leanne Womack song, sorry, Wombat song. Yes, yes. And so there was context for them dancing and all that stuff. But for this, I think that it was a little cruel to omit the part that it kind of makes it a joke without the callback. You yeah, know? it's just as produced as The Bachelor. It's just differently produced. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely looking for those things. Someone said, oh, let's not show that because that'll ruin the joke. Yes, it's they are more of a laughing stock if we don't show that. The only difference between Love is Blind and The Bachelor is, is they play clown music for people like that yeah. in The Bachelor. <laughs> yes, totally. So true. If Chelsea had been on The Bachelor, she would have gotten clown music yeah. uh, most of the time. And they don't have clown music in this no, show. No, they only have like pop I'd love music. to hear them try. <laughs> yeah, I would actually want to hear that too. Kwame says that that day, the day they did that photo shoot, was the day he knew Chelsea was the one. So while oh. they were showing us footage of them, you know, posing in underwear together, it was so, it was kind of cringy. Yeah. He was actually having this epiphany to himself and they didn't show that Mm. it's an interesting reunion when contestants this is a big difference between love is blind and the bachelor is that these contestants are allowed to talk about what wasn't shown a lot yeah you notice that they're like you all only saw one percent you saw less than this percent what wasn't shown was this like they're allowed to really speak up about what wasn't shown and kind of come after their own edit they're really like oh some of them were really like this wasn't our narrative. It was pretty powerful, It's very actually. fair to the contestants and actually not fair to the show. Yeah. Because the show is a show. On The Bachelor, they're not allowed to talk about that. No, well, if they do, it gets cut. Yeah. It does get cut. Yeah, because they're they're messing up the show. Yeah. It's a show. You're not allowed to undo the narrative that we spent all those months carefully crafting. Yeah. You're not going to say that at Women Tell All. That's getting cut. It's very interesting. And yeah. I'm, I think, I think it might be good for the viewers, maybe, uh-huh. but I think it's a mistake. Oh, you think it's a mistake? It's a mistake because I think it dilutes the value of the show. Oh. It dilutes the show. Mm. I think from a fairness perspective, I really like it. Like, I liked being able to see Chelsea defend, Chelsea and Kwame defend their relationship and explain context for things. But... I know what you mean, because overall, the taste in my mouth regarding the show is worse. It makes me think less of the show. Yes. And it make, it does make it seem less real. Yeah. Yeah. For a show that, you know, that's the big selling point. It's so real. Show don't tell, right? Because like I would, th- I know that a lot of people disagree with me because mm. they want to hear the BTS. But I would rather just see like, oh, Kwame and Chelsea seem really good. Let's talk mm. about what's happening in the present. Mm. And then I can formulate in my own mind, like, yeah, maybe they got a bad edit. Uh, Maybe that was BS. uh, I don't need to see how the sausage is made. I want to see the show and then I want to see real life. I don't agree with you. I respectfully disagree only because I think fair is fair. You know, they they got put through the ringer. It's like, let them have this one episode where they can be like, actually, we're not totally. I can see both sides. Okay. I'm playing devil's advocate. Uh, All right. So Chelsea, Kwame and Micah now. We see an unseen clip of Micah and Chelsea meeting Mm. to, quote, make up. Or talk about what happened with Kwame. This and was, action. Uh, right? This was painful. It was so staged. Yeah. What, did they just randomly meet all made up in the middle of the street at night? It kind of felt like a waste of time. And now Chelsea talks about watching the clip back on TV. So this is the poolside clip in Mexico where Micah and Kwame were flirting. She says it was hard to watch, but they've moved on. Mm. This is pretty much Chelsea's entire mo on this reunion and i gotta say she comes off looking great oh yeah vanessa brings up now a smirk that micah apparently made while chelsea and kwame were talking about the relationship Mm. and this is where i paused and was like 
they definitely have producers in their ears. They have the mm. little earpieces telling them what's going on. There's no way Vanessa saw that smirk. So we have to remember, look, I'm not defending Nick and Vanessa Lachey at all. <laughs> we will get there. But there is someone in their ear who is like, mention that. Yeah. Come after them for that. Clearly, Chelsea and Kwame have moved on. Micah has moved on. Everyone's moved on. But it's like, oh, we saw a smirk. Tell us what that smirk was about. And this conversation feels pointless. It's something about Micah and Kwame and who was breaking up with whom and whether or not Kwame was also breaking up with her. Yeah. I wrote, who cares? Who cares? It was literally over a year ago. This is part of the problem with the role that they expect Nick and Vanessa to play here. And again, I'm not defending them. But the idea that they are the good guys, they're like mom and dad. You know, oh, we've been married for all these years. Oh, yeah. like, you know, like you're part of the family now. We love you guys. But it's also like, but come after her for that smirk. Don't let him drop that. Oh, he said this about her. Don't let him forget it. You can't really have people playing both sides. And it really just makes them come off as super unlikable. Yeah, they were being very confrontational. Yes, extremely. It was not understated hosting. It was really like, it felt obtrusive. And you know what it made me realize? How good a host Jesse is. Yes. Yeah, Jesse Palmer. Fair and balanced. Yes. He'll say, if he thinks there's something that someone did that was bad, that he's clearly about to kind of put them on the whipping post for, yeah. he'll preface it with like, now I know something. Totally. But something. Mm -hmm. Kindness. Tell <laughs> us. Kindness. <laughs> Nick Lachey asks Chelsea if she thinks Micah played with Kwame's emotions. And Chelsea just handles this so beautifully. Mm -hmm. She always, always takes that off road. She says it's a complicated process. They've all moved on, et cetera. So she keeps being egged on to talk shit about Micah and throw Micah under the bus. And she's like, no, I'm not, not doing do it. it. Yeah. And Chelsea says since Mexico, every conversation shown of her relationship with Kwame was pushing a narrative that wasn't theirs. Very interesting that she was allowed to say that. Yeah. And I believe it. I do too. I mean, I look... Do I think that they have communication issues? Yes. I think some of that stuff you cannot fake. Nonetheless, it's like you, it, like you said, if you show only 5%, 1% of a relationship, then you can make it seem however you want. Absolutely. And I do think it's a sign of how good their relationship may be that Chelsea has no issues anymore with Micah. Yeah. She's just like, whatever. I don't care. It's not an issue. I'm good. Mm -hmm. If she wasn't good... She might have more of an issue. Yeah. No, that's a good point. We learned Chelsea has met Kwame's mother and things are great. Nice. So as much as they tried to really drag everything through the mud here, it wasn't happening. So now we get mean girl clips of Irina. It's supposed to be mainly about Irina, I think. But to me, it's just as much about Micah. I agree. But the show definitely seems to think Irina's the real villain here and Micah less so. But I actually... I think Mike is just as much of a villain as Irina, just in a different way. She's just a little more... She's a little more crafty. She's way more crafty. Exactly. Mm. She skirts by because yeah. she's a little more charming. She plays the game better than Irina. Totally. So Irina's brought out now, I suppose, to be punished. And she basically says she was selfish. It's painful to see. That's the impression she left behind. I wrote, was that an apology? It was unclear whether or not she was really apologizing. She doesn't really apologize. No, she rides that line. Yeah, she talks about having apologized. Yeah, she said in the that, past. Yeah, she said that she talked to each of the women that she wronged and, and apologized, but she doesn't really generally apologize. It is a little on brand, honestly. 
Yeah. Like she, yeah, she takes responsibility for being selfish and doing these things, but there's not really a, like a core message that's coming no. across. No. Vanessa asks Zach if he thinks Irina ever took their relationship seriously. And he says without hesitation, no, no, he's getting his due revenge right here. He's he just is. laying it on. Irina. Oh, you think he's laying it on? Oh, I think Zach is taking advantage of this fully. Do you think he's not within his right? No, he is within his right. I'm okay. just saying he is fully, that the pitch you, was given to him and he is swinging at it hard. Are you saying that he didn't take the up road? <laughs> <laughs> Irina disagrees that she didn't take him seriously, but she agrees she treated him poorly. Okay. That's a very Irina response. Yeah. Hedging. Yeah. She can't expose what she actually did because then it makes her look really bad. She's trying to hedge it. Zach says we only saw 10%. Of what Irina really did. She really was that terrible, even worse than you could possibly imagine. But if we're honest, he says, she went on this show to get famous. <gasps> wow. The crowd goes, whoa. Andy, you said, that's unbelievable. We found the one. Yeah. The it's only, her. Right? Irina. She did it. <laughs> she's the only one there. 17 years of reality dating shows and Irina finally, <laughs> we found her. Yeah. Smoked her out. Yeah. I actually feel that if I look, I'm not team arena, but I just think that it's funny how it's like all on arena. I don't think she's the only bad guy no. here. And I think if arena really was there for fame and only fame, that's not to suggest, I don't think she was there for fame in some capacity, like most of them. But if she was there for only fame, I think she would have gone further with Zach. Mm, or maybe her whole ploy was to be a villain. Because that's the way you get it sometimes even more famous. Yeah, but that works on The Bachelor. You stick around longer because of that. But in this case, the second she left Zach and he went off with Bliss, it was it followed Zach and Bliss's story. She was gone. Mm. The last clip we saw of her on the season was Micah confronting her about having flirted with So Paul. basically, your excuse for Arena is that she was so terrible. <laughs> All I'm saying is that if Arena only wanted to be on TV, she only wanted to be famous, she would have ridden this out with Zach for the whole season just to say no to him at the end. I mean, that's a fair point. She would have wanted max screen time. That's a fair point. That's but a, she did voluntarily essentially leave the show. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's just my one issue. I'm definitely team Zach in this. Like, I, I love Zach and I don't love Irina, but I just think it's worth pointing out. Vanessa brings up Irina muttering. So this is when she, they were brushing their teeth after they'd broken up. It was their last night in Mexico. Irina muttered that she wanted to be out the second she saw Zach. Hmm. A lot of her comments really don't age well, do they? Irina basically says she didn't feel safe with Zach. It's not that she feared for her safety. She just didn't feel comfortable with him. And I actually think this is not the thing Irina needs to defend. Vanessa being like, why did you say something so nasty? Why did you ride it out then? And Irina answers a different question. Yeah. She says, oh, I, I wasn't comfortable with him. It's like, that's right. not the thing you need to defend. You do not need to spend time defending why you're not comfortable. You're, some people, you're just not, you're not attract. You just don't have it. You don't need to defend that. You need to defend like your treatment of the person is different. Yeah. But in a way, you know, to your point of how she could have stayed on and married him yeah. or at least gone to the wedding yeah. to be more famous, I do think that she was so out within a few minutes of meeting Zach yeah. that it's kind of it kind of ruins your argument. I think that she stuck out as long as she did mm. because she probably was there to be famous. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she went to the halfway mark. Yeah, she couldn't go. She was like, yeah. this is so, I'm yeah. so not happy. I'm, I can't possibly go to the altar. I, even I cannot stomach that. Yeah. But I'm going to stick it out as long as humanly possible. You know, you and <laughs> And she came to the reunion show knowing mm. that she was going to be dragged out in chains yeah, and yeah, whipped yeah. and beaten and pilloried. Yeah. She knew that was going to happen. So there was a sacrifice in coming on TV. Yeah. And it's not like she had some big prepared speech. Like she kind of bumbled her way through trying to redeem herself. Yeah. She didn't do a good job. I don't no. think she really thought of anything except, hey, I get to be on TV again. Oh, OK. I mean, I accept that argument. I, I agree. So mm. what we're saying is that we're both right. We are both right. Yeah, like she wanted to be on TV and that's why it lasted as long as it did. But she didn't want to be on TV enough. Yeah, she has <laughs> she has moral fiber. She knows when enough is enough. Yeah, and what made me laugh is the entire time she's right next to Micah and Micah's like... <laughs> the body language is amazing. It's like, I don't know this person. Exactly. So I must say my breath was literally taken away this morning when you walked out on that outfit. Oh, thank you, Andy. You know it is. Skims. I'm aware. <laughs> Everyone knows I'm a big Skims fan. I feel like my first Skims ad, everyone was like, wow, you really like Skims. Yeah. <laughs> but for real, I would not say this if I didn't mean it. I already owned, honestly, a borderline embarrassing number of pieces from Skims. The Fits Everybody collection is honestly life-changing. You've been talking about this and you're such a stickler about this stuff. I you're am. You're so hard to please. I yeah. Like the fact that there's even a brand that exists that can please <laughs> you in all these ways is amazing to me. Yeah. Well, they really cover all their bases. So their fits everybody collection. The, uh, the material is like butter. It stretches to twice its size, which means that it doesn't stretch out. And the fits everybody bra, which is my hands down favorite piece from Skims, which is really saying something. It really does give you support. It holds the ladies up, if you know what I mean, which you do not get from most loungy bras. I mean, I know. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> and you can love or hate the Kardashians, but I'll tell you something. Kim nailed this Kim, one. <laughs> you're on a first name Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty tight. <laughs> you're tight. Well, I will admit, I am not one who keeps up with the Kardashians. I can attest. You do not keep I, up with I them. I really don't. I'm not one of those people, but therefore it should mean extra. Because mm. I am not the kind of person that will buy something because the Kardashians have created it. I'm not going to not buy it because they created it, but it's in no way a selling point for me. And it says a lot that now all of literally, I am not exaggerating, all of my lounge bras, and I would say 90% of my like panty collection is from Skims. Wow. Fits everybody. I'm not kidding. Also, I love that it's an inclusive brand. You know, they have sizes extra, extra small to 4X. Do you know how rare that is? You may not know. I don't. But it but is I really rare. It is. Yeah. Oftentimes it's just small, medium, large. It's like, yeah. okay, so what about everybody else? Also, we cannot ignore the fact that they have over 90,000 five star reviews. Damn. So Skims is the solution oriented brand creating the next generation of loungewear, underwear, and shapewear for everybody. Skims fits everybody, and more best selling essentials are available right now at skims.com. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $75, all at skims, S K I M S dot com. A P O S T R O P H E is where you need to be. <laughs> never get weak no no sometimes they're just 
vague yeah. <laughs> but apostrophe is really where you should be very mm -hmm. good because apostrophe is a wonderful platform that connects you with board certified dermatologists to help you get prescription skincare. And prescription skincare is a thing that can be a really big hassle without apostrophe. Mm -hmm. You've got to go to the doctor to get a prescription, mm -hmm. to go home, to <laughs> wait, to go to the pharmacy, yeah. to pick up said prescription, and then to come home again. Yes. That's a lot of trips. It is. And it's a lot of money. And it doesn't get much better than having prescription skincare prescribed to you by a board-certified dermatologist who looked at photos of your skin that you submitted in their online consultation and read what you wrote, what your concerns are, whether those were acne or fine lines, wrinkles, what have you. And then they prescribed you something. It's, it's as bespoke as it gets. And I never ever would have started using tretinoin if it weren't for apostrophe oh i cannot even imagine a world in which like you're let's be honest you're lazy when it comes to your skincare routine oh, really lazy. yeah you want it to literally be delivered to your door actually yes <laughs> which is exactly what happened i may or may not have filled out angie's online consultation for him i took the photos of your skin and i wrote what your concerns were <laughs> Who knows? But it came to the door and you have benefited from it. Yeah, no, it's great. Apostrophe has, has opened the door to actual skincare mm -hmm. as opposed to me just like throwing water on my face every <laughs> other day, which was my routine before that, <laughs> literally. And we're not only talking topical medication. You can have oral prescription as well. And they treat all sorts of acne, because not just the face. They could be chest knee, back knee, and... But knee. Very good. So we have a very special deal for our audience, the Shandies. Right now, you can get your first visit with an apostrophe provider for only $5 when you go to apostrophe.com slash Shandy and enter promo code Shandy. That is a savings of $15, and this offer is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash Shandy and click get started. Then use our promo code Shandy at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. So now there's a ridiculous segment, something about Paul possibly touching one of Micah's bridesmaids, Tush. Mm. Tush's? Tush? Yeah, Tushgate. Tushgate. Yeah. There, I guess someone made some TikTok or something uh, slowing this down. You know what annoys me about this? Okay, so obviously it's ridiculous and Paul's like, do I really have to address this? But I find it very annoying how Vanessa was like, you guys, you know, you crazy sleuthers, you turn this into a slow-mo video, like basically ridiculing it and then they give it five full minutes of airtime on the show itself. Yeah, it's, it's like you're rewarding the people for doing it. It's again, diluting the show. You're making the show seem cheap. Mm. Why are they stooping to that level? Micah and Paul now. Vanessa brings up Paul saying he couldn't picture Micah as a mother. And this this is the first thing that Vanessa really clamps no. down on. Micah says it made her feel terrible. Family means the most to her. And Paul says he phrased that unfairly. He meant that he couldn't picture either of them as parents. Like he said mm. that he himself struggles to picture himself as a parent and maybe he didn't inspire that nurturing nature in Micah. Yeah. I thought he handled this pretty well while still not backtracking. You know, it's like, what's he supposed to say? Like, I was wrong. I shouldn't have ever said that. He said how he felt. And Vanessa... It does not take no. She does not accept his answer. Basically, no. She presses him to define what that would look like. And this is where Vanessa starts going in a bad place. Totally agree. 
it's Vanessa's opinions about the world, mm-hmm. her personal feelings about things Should don't not- need to come out. Yes. She I- is the captain of a ship. Mm-hmm. Drive the boat. Yes. It's not your job to have an opinion. No. On the direction that the boat is taking. Yeah. She has bias. <laughs> yes. It was there should obvious. not be bias. Mm-hmm. Jesse never has bias. You can tell I like Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not only the things she clung on to and how she would press for, for answers, but also even her face expressions. Even if Paul's answer was satisfactory for most people, she clearly didn't like him for having said what he said. So she was like... Yeah. Mm. We don't need her dirty laundry aired out. No. Yeah. We don't want to know about what Vanessa doesn't approve of. It's like she doesn't really understand what the role of host entails. Yeah. She was obvious. She was like part of the cast. She was like a contestant. Yeah. She's like, but what you really said this. Tell us about that. What about that thing you said? Totally. So Micah really leans into, I mean, because she has Vanessa in her corner, right? Vanessa's like, Micah, like, how did it feel hearing that? be said about you wasn't that so horrible like are you as confused as i'm because i'm pretty confused micah rolls with this she really leans into that being the reason why paul ended things but paul never said that was the reason no that was was a reason it was a reason and you know what i'm sorry a he's allowed to have that as a reason i don't think that makes him a horrible person and b no one, I think including Micah, could argue that this season showed her most nurturing side. No, it didn't. I, I mean, maybe Paul was inappropriate in saying that. I yeah. think it's fair to say that wasn't the I, greatest way to say I wrote at the time, I things. said, ouch. Yeah, that wasn't nice. Yeah. But we weren't shown anything differently. No. So I can't judge. Mm. And let's be honest as well, that wasn't the reason why he said no at the altar. No. And that's the subtext that I think was totally over the heads of Micah and Vanessa. Mm. Why are you focusing on this kind of make-believe reason when the real reason was that there was just a lot of reasons? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I wrote here, side note, we kind of can't stand Vanessa. And that's sort of how things spiral now. It sort of becomes like, oh, they're saying this, they're saying that, you know, she's asking them about that. Nick is asking that. Just suddenly being like, why is this all about Vanessa and her personal opinions and her over-the-top facial expressions? Like, she's not hiding how she feels. And maybe I would feel more okay with this if I felt like her bias was fair. Yeah. But it wasn't fair. She was clearly in favor of all of the women. Yeah. Even though I hate to say it, it's true. Most of the women were not that likable this season. It was the men who were the stars of this season. They were the heroes. Yeah. And look, I I love women as much as like I love women. Okay. Like I want to be a team women. It's just that we saw many unfavorable traits come out of a lot of these women. Yeah, I felt like Vanessa somehow felt like she had to be there to defend the women against all odds. Yes. If you had a vagina, she was on your side. Zach now dives in saying he'd heard from other women that Micah had very rarely mentioned actually wanting to marry Paul. So it's it's like Zach realizes that his friend needs help because the host of the show is coming after him with a personal vendetta almost. And this is where we see the passengers taking over the helm of the ship. (laughs) It's true. There is no captain. There is no captain. This is a rudderless, captainless ship. It is adrift in the ocean. Yes. And the contestants are now at their own mercy. Yes. They're all getting together like, okay, who knows how to drive a ship? It actually, Does anyone know? It reminds me of that show that we didn't finish watching. What was that show? Was it Netflix? The one, it was kind of like a supernatural. It's set, I don't know, it's old timey. 
What was the name of that show? Oh, oh, um, 19... 18, 19, oh. 18 or 1907. Or I do It's some year, the early 1900s. <laughs> yeah. About and, a ship, a ghost ship. Yeah, a ghost ship. 1908, and, I think. And I think we stopped watching shortly after this happened, but basically there was a mutiny. The yeah. passengers of the ship were like, this captain, we can't trust him. He is in for, he's in it for himself. Yes. We need to take over. It's a great analogy. That's exactly <laughs> what happened here, except the ghosts. Everything except the ghosts. <laughs> and we learn now that Micah and Paul did attempt to date after yeah. the show, yet we learn nothing more about it. All the more reason why Paul is correct in his analysis yes. of the relationship. Yes. They try, he tried it again. Totally. And it didn't work in real life, in yep. the most real of life. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Quickly, now- by the way. <laughs> quickly. <laughs> okay, so Jackie and Marshall and Josh now. So we're shown Vanessa's incredibly impartial and unbiased interview of Jackie and Josh. And this is basically Jackie saying that she's grown. The Jackie from the show was a different Jackie. Mm. And Jackie says she broke up with Marshall before she met Josh. She seems very hell-bent. Who cares? I agree. I agree. She's very hell-bent on making sure everyone knows she's not a cheater. Okay, I have a big issue with this. I'm sorry. If you broke up with a guy... The day before or the day after, like, it's clear she was getting together with Josh and the reason she was breaking up with Marshall was to get with Josh. I don't think it matters if there was 24 hours before or it happened the same day or whatever. Yeah. I robbed the bank because I had spent all my money. I didn't rob <laughs> the bank and then spend more money. <laughs> Makes no sense. So now Jackie claims Marshall called her a derogatory name and that it was a bad joke. And she claims that he wanted the ring back to propose to someone else. And we were like, what? And the one thing we seem to hear from Josh throughout this whole conversation is about cutting weight for a fight. (laughs) I was definitely right about his UFC career. (laughs) What was funny is Vanessa needing to explain that this was like, oh, so you got really drunk. Yeah. And overall, it's like, oh, you're so happy together. And Vanessa's like, I'm so happy you found each other. What, what is this? And they're acting like this smoking gun was the fact that she got together with Josh after she broke up yeah. with Marshall. Like, that's it. Like, oh, this is the big reveal. Yeah. No one cares. No. It's how you treated him. Yes. And Marshall redeemed herself beautifully. And Vanessa still sits in Jackie's camp the whole time. It was pretty funny that she thought that was a smoking gun. Yeah, that gun. was it. It really showed Jackie's misguidedness. Yeah. Like, I feel like the kind of person that thinks that that's the smoking gun is also the kind of person that treats the guy that she maybe didn't cheat on. Like, crap she's not thinking the bigger picture no she's very selfish yes yeah there's one takeaway we have on jackie it is that she's selfish okay so now this brings things to marshall vanessa's like so what do you think of that interview <laughs> well, what kind of question was that there was no question no this <laughs> is like so you you bad guy jerk you go say yeah. stuff and she presses him on it she forces the issue point by point she doesn't let him take the up road <laughs> So she says, what about the thing about Jackie saying that she didn't cheat on you because she ended things with Josh? And he says it doesn't make a difference whether it happened the day before, the day after, whatever. Correct. Because of how he treated her. And she clearly intended to. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with him. And now something comes up about leaked texts of Jackie's. And we did look these up. And they're pretty bad. But God forbid Vanessa hold Jackie responsible for anything she wrote. She says, what did Marshall say to deserve it? And now she makes Marshall describe the derogatory thing that he said. And apparently it was about Jackie having a strong jawline. So Jackie in her text is allowed to 
su- suggests that Marshall is gay. I guess yeah. that's the point she was making because he's so soft and sweet. It's sweet, I guess, means yeah. gay. <laughs> I didn't know that before all this happened. Yeah, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much. And then he, and I guess he made some joke about her having a strong jawline and yeah, she could being be manly. yeah look i'm not saying that that was an appropriate comment for him to make i just can't stand it when it's so unfair i think the things that jackie was saying about marshall were worse than what marshall yeah. said about and jackie. two wrongs don't make it right but she drew first blood yeah and she drew second blood and third blood <laughs> third and fourth <laughs> blood and fifth blood she drew all the bloods until the last blood <laughs> so now vanessa brings up the ring she makes a bad joke here about the ring was talked about around the world as though no. She even her tone in saying this suggests that she thinks that it was an exaggeration. It was blown out of proportion. I'm sorry. I think that Marshall deserved to get the ring back. Agreed. He himself says the ring was a symbol of their love, and therefore she didn't deserve the symbol of his love for her. I love yeah. that the audience applauded here. Of course. And it was necessary. Yes. They were speaking for the rest of us while Vanessa was like at him. She was again, Vanessa's not captaining the ship. No. The audience now and the contestants. <laughs> Are literally steering this boat. <laughs> Taken over. Overall, Nick Lachey asks if Marshall has something else he wants to say. And Marshall, being a real class act, says he hopes they both move on. The you versus me thing has to die. He's looking in the camera, by the way. He's like looking oh, yeah, into the camera. He he's like, looking, Jackie, yeah. please, let's call a truce. He really is the bigger person he here. He does everything right. Yes. Vanessa makes a remark. Oh, my God. I couldn't stand this. I swear I'm not trying to come after Vanessa. It's just like it's I have specific easy. examples. You can't do this recap without coming after Vanessa. No, you Otherwise can't. it changes the whole tenor. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And in, in this case, I'm not just trying to say like, oh, I don't like her. It's like I'm giving specific examples. So Nick asks Marshall to say closing thoughts. What does he have to say to Jackie? And so he talks to the camera and it's so, I, I thought it was beautiful. He's yeah. like, enough of this you versus me. Let's call a truce. Even though, frankly, Marshall is the one that I think. More wrong. Yes. Way more. Way more wrong. And then Vanessa makes this remark about him having a one-sided conversation. What choice did he what have? What was the point of that? Marshall's like, well, if they were here. Yeah. That's why you have a one-sided conversation yes. because you couldn't get the person yes. there. Yes. But so get this. So after he says, oh, well, I feel slighted that they're not here. I would have liked to have been able to talk to them face to face. And Vanessa says, has he considered Jackie's feelings? <laughs> what is this going on? This is the on? part where I was speechless. I was what like, Jackie's on? feelings? Did you watch your own show? It felt, honestly, it felt like she just, all she did was read like show notes. Yeah. She read a list of like point form notes of what happened, including some key takeaways that Paul said he couldn't picture Micah being a mother and that Marshall said that Jackie had a strong jawline and formed all her opinions based on those. You know what this felt like? It felt like Vanessa had nothing to do with this show and she was just some celebrity they pulled in who just happened to be someone who may have seen the show here and there or was a fan Mm -hmm. brought in to do the hosting. Yeah. I do not understand how you could be on Jackie's side in this. Right. She felt like an angry fan as opposed to someone whose show this is yeah an angry fan of jackie's yeah not a fan of the show a fan of jackie's Jackie's. so moving on we get day-to-day life for the couples kwame's marriage tip is about having your own bathroom which we agree with wholeheartedly and now things circle back (laughs) 
Uh-huh. <laughs> so I honestly am trying not to talk about Vanessa Lachey this whole time. It's just every single talking point I have is about that. It comes yet back again to Kwame and Chelsea. Vanessa's like, all you audience members, all you viewers who think that Kwame's trapped in this relationship, you're wrong. First of all, the reason people think that is because of the edit of your own show. Your own show edited it that way. We think that because we were sold that. Yeah, it's like meta, meta, meta. (laughs) She's angry at us for believing what her own show told us. It was like this tone. It was so confrontational. Again, not a proper captain. And also, you need trust in the captain. You have to believe that not only can the captain drive the ship, but that the captain likes the vessel. Yeah. He appreciates the vessel. He knows the vessel. It didn't feel like she knew the vessel. No. That was the issue. It, might, it felt like maybe she liked the vessel, but she no. didn't know the vessel. You know what she was? She knew how to how to sail a small sailboat, like a sunfish. <laughs> yeah. And some cruise ship was like, you, you can sail a sailboat. Can you drive this cruise ship? Yeah. And she's like, eh, I'll okay. figure it out. Yeah. That is how it felt. Even the fact that it circled back yet again to Kwame and Chelsea. Why were we back at that? We already talked about that at the top of the reunion. No one wanted to hear that again. That that was that was breaking of the show. That was poor production. Yeah, it, it did feel like it was just off the rails. That At least you can say about a Bachelor finale or uh, after the final rose or whatever, everyone gets their time. Hot seat with her. Hot seat with him. This happened. We'll talk about that. We'll address that. Moving on. You don't then come back to it an hour later, angry at the audience for believing what you told them. It it was it was a mess. Oh, my God. And now, oh, my God. And then we haven't even gotten to the icing. (laughs) We haven't even gotten to it. The icing now is Vanessa is very, very interested in one of these couples procreating. Yes. And she is very, very emphatic about this. Mm -hmm. She won't drop it. She mentions it several times throughout this reunion, but now she seems to deem it worthy of its own segment. She brings up the baby again. She's like, so who's having a baby? Who's going to be the first one to have a baby? And I loved how Brett was like, wow, you're really like coming at us about the baby thing. Oh, I wanted to hug him. Oh, Brett. He's he's, he's, uh, he's co-MVP. Co-MVP. Yeah. They're co-MVPs together. And it's funny, she didn't pick up on the cues. No. Everyone was like kind of uncomfortable yeah. with being pressed to make babies. And she didn't pick up on the energy in the room. No, you know what? No one likes that question. Even people who are planning on having babies soon. 100%. No one likes that. Even if you're planning to have a baby and you're not having any issues with fertility or whatever, you still don't like that question because it's invasive. And it's none of your business. It's zero of your business. Literally zero. Yeah. She seems to think that because she's the host of the show where they all met, she now is entitled. Yeah. She's like their grandmother. Oh, my. And I feel, look, I'm not trying to say, oh, I like one host better than the other. It has nothing to do with her versus Nick or whatever. Because I really, I don't like it when people do that. Because they're a married couple. But holy crap. She did, she was out to lunch. And Brett gave her the cue. Brett was like, right? chill. He did it perfectly. It was the perfect passive aggressive response. Yes. It was the only thing any of them could have done. Short it, of really becoming confrontational. And I'll tell you something. It's the only time we've ever seen Brett angry except for when his pants didn't fit. <laughs> So that brings us now to the end of the reunion. I will say this. I didn't mind Love is Blind. No, me neither. I thought it was a little less entertaining than The Bachelor, but a little more real at the same time. Yeah. More more interesting, real engagements. Yeah. But this reunion was a disaster. Absolute disaster. You you really worded it perfectly at the ship analogy. Yeah. 
It is drifting. It is drifting. It is broadside uh, yeah. to the waves. Yeah. It's, there's nothing going on yeah. here. There's a bunch of passengers panicking and it's not their <laughs> job. It's never the passenger's job to drive the ship. And Zach became eventually the host. Yeah. And we don't want Zach as the host. No. No one wanted that. No. But he had to host. Someone had to jump in. Yeah. And then he's starting to host. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we'll wrap now with best dressed. Oh, wow. Because people really wanted me to touch on this, specifically okay. for the reunion. Okay. So I will talk about it. So my best dressed gentleman is Marshall mm. with his sort of sandy beige monochromatic outfit. He had a suit and then his T-shirt. I love that he had a T-shirt. It was the exact same shade of tan. It looked yeah, yeah. so slick. It was so understated. And then he had a tiny, like, elegant pop of color in the form of like a printed pocket square scarf thing. He looked so good. I did like Brett's outfit, but Brett is like, you know, he has this distinct personal style that I totally respect. But in terms of what I personally liked the most, it was Marshall's look. Yeah. And for the women, my favorite was Micah's red strapless. It was very like... I also was a fan. Yeah. It was very... First of all, her hair. It was really her styling because actually the dress itself, I'm like... Okay, yeah, we've seen great. a lot of like strapless, you know, poofy red dresses, but she styled it with these these lace up sandals that went up her calf. They, it looked so cool, and her she had these old Hollywood glam waves, mm -hmm, yeah. and she, hers was also my favorite wedding dress, which is surprising no one I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, close runner up actually for the women is Chelsea. Mm -hmm. She had this sort of peach colored silk high neck dress yeah. honestly the dress wasn't really my taste it was really how she wore it it fit her so well it fit her so well do you know how hard it is to wear material like that i can tell you don't know I, 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 I. <laughs> anyway suffice to say that like in my dreams can i wear a dress like that she looked amazing but also her styling yeah. she's just really good at really going super glam super feminine with her like curls and her her wispy hair and her big lashes i don't she just looked fabulous but in terms of an outfit that i would want and i would wear it was micah's i'm with you okay <laughs> All right, then, Andy, that's a wrap. How are you feeling? Oof, you know, it kind of left me on a sour note. Mm. I really wanted, like, I, I, I got to be honest, I didn't feel great during this recap. I feel bad. Yeah. I don't feel good about the show. Was, and I actually started, I was like, you know what? I'm coming around to Love is Blind. Yeah, me too. And the reunion, I, it lost me. It totally I, I feel not good about it. As yeah. you can tell. Yeah. I think you can tell. I just don't feel good about it. No, it's true. I think you can tell that you this whole recap, you're yeah. almost like, uh. They lost me. I agree. I think that it was very poorly, poorly done. And it has nothing to do with it not being live or being live. I don't care about that. We obviously watched it very late, so it made no difference to us. You know what happened is I loved the contestants so much by the end, and I found myself disliking the hosts. And I felt also when they were airing you know, some, some BTS, they were talking about what wasn't shown. It made me, like you said, it made me have disdain for the show that wronged them and didn't show, yeah. you know, a full holistic view of their relationship and instead led us to believe something that could really haunt them down the road. I don't know. I just, the whole thing was, meh, I agree. Sour taste. Sour taste. And I didn't want that. I wanted to really feel good about this. Yeah, because overall, even though this reunion was not particularly feel good, it actually was in terms of the couples themselves. Yeah. Like the three of them have all lasted a year plus. It's a pretty year impressive. Plus. That's a way better track record than The Bachelor. Yeah, that's like 20 years in Bachelor years. Yeah, it is. And I agree that Love is Blind is a little more real in some ways, but I actually there's something very structured about The Bachelor that is very pleasing. Yes. 
Yeah, not only in terms of the finale, but even the entire season. And the live shows. Yes, especially. They have it blocked. Yeah. There's a schedule. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to do. She's going to talk about this. Then we're going to talk about this. Then we're going to address this. Then we're going to move to this. And we're not going backwards. You know, when you have commercial breaks to work around, I think that you have to be like that. I feel like with Netflix, it's just like, oh, we'll make this reunion an hour and 37 minutes long. Yeah. Just because that's how it went. It just felt like everyone was winging it. It was a total wing. Yeah. They felt it was, you know what it was? It was hubris. Mm-hmm. They all felt so confident. Like, we got this. It's a reunion. No, you Can't don't. Can't be that hard. Yeah. All right, then, Andy. I think then that's a wrap for Love is Blind season four. This is where we wrap recapping for a little while. Yeah, it's a bit, a little break. Yeah. Well, we've been recapping nonstop since January with Bachelor. Oof. And we will resume with the Bachelorette season, charity season, which we're very excited about. I gotta yeah. say, I'm excited. Like, it just, I want more structure in my life. I kind of want to cleanse my palate. Yeah. All right. So we will see you, Shandies, back here. For the people who only watch recaps, which you shouldn't, by the way. No, watch our other shows. Actually, if you like our recaps, you really might like our Q&As. They're the most similar non-recap episodes. I agree. Kind of the heart and soul of Dear Shane. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram and... TikTok. Leave us Apple and... Oh, wait, I have a song. You do? I have a song. Oh, okay. This is news to me. Why haven't you left us five-star iTunes reviews? What have I ever done to you? (laughs) Did you prepare that? A little. How much time did you put into that? Like three, four minutes. (laughs) Wait, and so why did you change it to Apple reviews instead of last week it was Spotify reviews? Well, why wouldn't I? How many Spotify <laughs> review songs can I do? I think the point was made. I, I love that you're like, no more Spotify reviews. I want Apple reviews. <laughs> you write a separate song. For Why that. are you exposing me? <laughs> sorry. Okay. okay. You're supposed to be my teammate. Okay, sorry, sorry. Tell all your friends and generally do all the things that you would do to support a podcast you enjoy, especially one that composes songs for you in three to four minutes. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye. Dear Shandy. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.